What I love about it is that Tremigold is an innovation, education, and research center that's here to really make an impact to the community. Thank you for joining us here at the Garden of Life Dubai podcast. This being our third episode, so there's so many lineup of interesting conversation and exchanges. So let me begin to name but few that fits the bill is Mohammed Bitar, the Chief Everything Officer and founder of the Wick Farm. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mohammed, thank you for joining us again. And we do appreciate uh, you coming on board for everything that you can share today. Um, all our listeners, I'm sure, would be excited of what it is that you'd be imparting. Now, before um, I pass the microphone to you, uh, Wick Firm is first and foremost a digital marketing and advert agency. And actually, MB, as how we fondly call him, uh, had been dabbling in the industry since he was 13 years old. So that was Correct. like many years ago. <laughs> uh, allow me to start um, asking the more in-depth question, um, MB. What is WIC and what is the work that you do? Definitely. Thank you for the intro, Francis, and thank you for having me. Um, so in, in a nutshell, WIC is a data-driven communications consulting firm. Um, and just a little background about myself. So as you said, yes, I started at the age of uh, 13. Uh, and I was fortunate actually to actually get exposed and get my hands dirty with digital world. And that was like back in 1997. So at my time, Google was still not there because Google came a year later. So our my go-to for insights was actually a learning curve was actually MIRC uh, and pretty much Yahoo. Um, and that's where everything actually started. And since then, it was like digital, digital every single day. You know, live, breathe, and eat <laughs> digital. <laughs> So I would actually sometimes even skip classes back in university just to start, stack up real life experiences. Um, because I knew that it was like something I really was passionate about. Um, and I really wanted to really kind of get as much experience as possible because uh, I love sharing experiences with the others. Uh, and that's kind of how I ended up setting up my first uh, agency in 2011, uh, which is pretty much everything that has to do with digital. But our difference came in from the educational side. Mm -hmm. It's kind of really sharing everything we know in the digital world to our clients, to our partners, to our colleagues. Um, because again, digital is really fast moving. Um, it's, it's a very fast moving space. So imagine I've been in the digital world since 13, since 1997. Mm -hmm. And until now, you're learning and learning more and more, uh, more stuff. And that's kind of one thing led to the other where WIC was founded uh, with the mindset of really being a consulting firm where we do actually kind of do the end-to-end -end when it comes to building your assets, marketing your assets, but really kind of being there to consult you and kind of advising where is the best place to spend your money. Um, and, and, and yeah, this is kind of whereby um, we bring over 23 years of experience to the table. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it's, it's like really how to build long-term relationships um, with our clients and partners and how to help you build long-term relationships with your audience. Mm -hmm. So we dive into the whole um, A to Z when it comes to your uh, marketing and digital needs. Wow. Seeing it transition over these course of period, because that's almost like two decades now, right? I mean, who's counting? But sure. <laughs> um, it, then there's a lot of transition and changes that you see. But what, what is it is that you find still missing in the equation when someone wants to start their digital journey? Because you, you have seen them all, I suppose, you know, over this period. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen the whole transitions of the digital industry from web 1.0, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty much the launch of the internet, having a website. It was like one-way communication and then the rise of social media, which made it the whole web 2.0. Mm-hmm. And now we've entered the web 3.0 with the, uh, the, the likes of the digitalization and the NFT worlds. So, right. so, so definitely um, the, the biggest thing which I realize it's missing from anybody that wants to enter the digital world is looking at the bigger picture. Uh, because unfortunately, uh, a lot of people think, whether they're startups, whether they're established company, they think right. digital is a magic pill, mm-hmm. whereby if I go to digital, that's it, I'll get my sales, I'll get my revenue and done. Um, but they tend to forget the actual fundamentals that digital is just another area where you can actually promote your content and promote your brand and get closer to your audience compared to the traditional uh, media. Uh, so that's why, whereby the, the biggest thing which I believe is missing is looking at it from a very from a bird's view aspect, and that's where how we like to start every single conversation. Where whether we meet startups or uh, we meet established companies, small to medium, large, whoever it is, we always start with what you would need in the digital world to do things the right way, and then they're free to do, to go for it or not. And 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 I've kind of summarized my whole 23, 24 years of experience into four kind of pillars which I tell clients that whether you like it or not, you have to pass through these four pillars. Mm-hmm. And pretty much they go, and I, and I kind of simplified it as much as possible because in the beginning, you don't want to really kind of overwhelm uh, <laughs> the person you're talking yeah. to because already digital itself is overwhelming exactly. when it comes to, when you, if you think about all the services that go into it, all the resources that's needed to actually go into it. So to summarize it, I kind of summarize it into four steps, which is pretty much the step number one is what I call build and fill. It's like it's the area or the stage where you have to build your actual assets and fill it with content. And building your assets could be your your website, your social media channels, your newsletters, your social media page. So you actually build it in order to start kind of marketing it. But before that, you have to also fill it with content, coming up with social media content, coming up with editorial content, coming up with the copywriting content. Uh, what are you actually offering? How do you translate your services or your product in a very digital way on the on your website. Let's assume the, the asset is the website. So once you finish building and filling, which already requires investment, people, and, and what have you, you want to go and actually get the right eyeballs to what you've actually built. Um, and that's what the stage two, what I call plan and promote. And plan and promote goes in with so many different services, whether it's SEM, uh, which is search engine marketing, uh, pay-per-click and SEO, which falls under that, social media ads, influencer marketing, programmatic ad buy, push notifications, native advertising, uh, and now NFT marketing. Mm-hmm. So all of those are areas or different ways to get the right eyeballs to the stuff that you've actually built in stage one. And then here, I realized that a lot of companies or clients or startups, they actually stop. Uh, they go and optimize their assets, then they go and plan and promote again. And they keep on doing this over and over again to hopefully try to reach the right audience. So stage number three is that you're already, you're already planning to spend money for planning and promoting your, your assets. Mm-hmm. And you've already spent a lot of money for building your assets. But what are you doing with the data or the traffic that's coming to your websites and your assets? So that's where stage three comes in, which is what I call the capture and store, where you have to capture the data that you've actually managed to get from the planning and promotion to your website, and you store it somewhere. Because by storing somewhere, you would actually translate your personas into the little data blocks where you start filling it with information about users based on their experiences. Mm-hmm. So now you've actually built your assets, you've promoted it, you've captured them, 
And now what are you doing with the data you've captured? And this is stage four, whereby you tailor and you automate uh, marketing experiences to the data that you've captured in stage three using the promotion you did in stage two on the assets you built in stage one. Okay. And that's where we kind of come in right in the middle to advise you that, okay, where are you in your journey for step one, two, three, four? You know, what's lacking? Because you need to, you have to go through these four stages. And when I say stages, it doesn't mean you have to pay an arm and a leg. You know, mm -hmm. the beauty behind online, you can always like start small and scale accordingly. And that's the model that we love to, to follow because we don't know how your audience is going to perform or how they're going to react to your content. Mm -hmm. um, because again, we're, we're against the fact of, yes, let's pay, let's invest left and right, and then uh, test the waters. No, it's like we test small, learn, try and error, then scale. And that's kind of where I believe is lacking whenever anybody wants to join the digital world. And it does make sense. It's kind of like, oh, here, take it, or you know, we, we just can't do this because this is the digital journey that you have to go through, right? 100%. Yeah. And, and, a lot, and a lot of startups or established companies don't like to hear that, by the way. For sure. You know, they, just want, they just want to sign up with agencies and expect that these guys are going to get me um, exactly. what I want. But in reality, that's not how it works. Produce Especially right now, it's so saturated. You know, yeah. it's so saturated. The the media channels, the social media channels are making it even harder and harder for you to get the organic reach, right. forcing you to pay, forcing you to be creative. So it's like, if you're not ready to really invest and really kind of <clears throat> onboarding yourself into a journey, yes. you, won't, you won't get the results. Yeah. And this is what you come across also. Like, even for me, I consider myself to be surrounded with like tech savvy business people, you know, that, that built, built empires from scratch yet they can't seem to wrap the whole idea of marketing more so digital marketing in, into their, you know, every day. But um, wh where I'm coming from is because you've mentioned NFT twice during, you know, your, <laughs> your sharing, I, I, I hear the passion uh, and I've been hearing it a lot also. And this is something, you know, a usual quote unquote tech savvy business people, a traditional Joe, I can't seem to wrap my head around like why they cannot see the value in NFTs. Uh, how do we how do we explain to them what NFT is, you know, yeah. and how they can, can utilize it and, and why is it so popular even? Um, is it something that you think is for them or it's only a niche? Like, what are you, what did you take in that? Definitely. So, so starting with first the technical definition of the NFT, which is pretty much a non-fungible token, uh, which is a non-interchangeable unit of data stored on the blockchain. So it's a form of like a digital ledger that can be sold and traded. So this is kind of like technically what it means, but the way I like to... To, to position it is basically proof of ownership, you know, and, and that's something which is what's the revolution behind the NFT that right now people are not seeing it that much yet. That's why they're a bit skeptical or they're afraid to invest in it. But the actual value of NFT is two, two things is one proof of ownership and two, the history, the history of that particular asset, digital asset that you actually bought or traded in the online space. Now, the reason why I think people are a bit skeptical and scared is because it just happened that the CryptoPunks and Bored Apes were like the highlights of the NFTs, which like were a bunch of uh, pixelated images when it comes to the, to the uh, CryptoPunks and the Bored Apes were a bunch of apes, you know, uh, which they thought that, yes, it's a joke, it's just about art and what have you. But if you really kind of 
dig in and read more about the NFTs is far beyond that. It's what, what actually comes with owning that particular asset. So even right now, if I tell you, Francis, I want to buy your house, what proof do you give me? You have to go back and give me that piece of paper that actually shows me that you are the owner of it, you know? Um, so there's no like a digital trace of, let me see, let me know the history of that house. Was it actually owned by somebody else in the past? Was it actually traded in the past? And that's all now possible with the NFT world. Um, and my expectation is pretty much kind of uh, lawyers, doctors, concerts, anything that has to do with tickets or assets will be all done within the NFT space. Um, and that's how, and that's the value behind the actual NFT world because it's not just a piece of art. Now, it just happened, as I said, that uh, the crypto and board apes made it sound like it or look like it, but it's not. And, and there are three types of NFT users, for example, or people that want to actually why they would go to the NFT world. One is basically they just like to collect art uh, because uh, a lot of people actually do their digital drawing, digital art online. Now you can actually own it and uh, later on sell it if you want. But most of them will actually keep it because they're collectibles, collectors. Mm-hmm. The second type of NFT users are people that just want to actually make quick money. You know, you buy an asset, you know, that's going to pick up. You want to go and change it and sell it at a higher price. Uh, so they use it as a, as a trade uh, platform, trading platform. And the third type of users is basically by owning an NFT, what comes with it, which is the utility. Because mm-hmm. that's, this is kind of whereby it makes it more sense for businesses to invest and be part of the, the journey of NFT is because you're involving the community with you. You're telling people, buy my NFT, which is a token. Uh, it could be in the form of an art, it could be in the form of um, a video, it could be in the form of a music, whatever it is, but please buy it. And I'm going to give you back one, two, and three, you know, so it's utility. And that's where now people are getting smarter and smarter every single day in terms of why they would choose a particular token to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's for me how I would summarize the different type of people that would actually go into the NFT world mm-hmm. and let alone as well, the concerts, the lawyers and what have you that will actually use that beautiful blockchain technology in terms of showing really the whole history and the ownership of a particular uh, item. That is um, quite an eye-opening um, detail. The, the whole business people, you know, tech-savvy group actually falls into that second group that you've explained, right? I mean, the, if they, they want to at least um, get something out of it, like quick buck almost. Yes. I mean, this is some avenue that they can dabble into, no? 100%. And it's working. It's doing very well. Yeah. Uh, the opportunity is there. You just have to know okay, which which NFT collection has a hype, which doesn't have a hype. Right. Uh, are you ready to actually hold it for the long term? Because you know the value of the NFT will increase. Um, and yeah, and this is kind of whereby the it's it's an amazing, it's an amazing, it's an, it's a revolution. It's a digital revolution. This is and people don't like change. That's why they're like pushing away, pushing away. Exactly. Uh, and and don't forget, it's very technical as well. Because right now I try to summarize it as much as possible, but go ahead and actually create one, go ahead and actually create a smart contract, go ahead and actually develop a landing page, create a community. Then it becomes like, oh, here we go again. Another overwhelming Mm -hmm. area. And that's like one section of the whole digital (laughs) space already. So, So that would you say is the main kind of difference in marketing an NFT versus any other, you know, financial products or any other products is, is it, 
the complexity around it, like the, the technology aspect of it, um, because because there's particular what I've learned uh, over a period of time is that there's particular channels and platforms and methods that you kind of treat differently when right. you are marketing or talking about NFT versus other traditional products that that you may have, even digital products and financial products. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, here um, for me, it's not it's not like either or. Mm-hmm. It's actually really being where your audience uh, could, potent- could potentially be. So right now, I personally consider, for example, <laughs> social media, uh, newsletters, um, website landing page as traditional uh, in my in my in my, in my mind, yeah. and NFT being the, the the next wave or of the next marketing um, element to actually get build your community. Um, but again, it, ha- it's, it, it goes without saying that it has to be part of the overall marketing mix, uh, but it's just how you, you use it. So for example, about two weeks ago, we launched an NFT for a singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she released her song. Her concept was very, her, the song was very emotional. It had to do with um, her, her childhood uh, struggles and her, and, and her wishes. Mm-hmm. So we ended up creating an NFT for her, allowing uh, to create actually the marketing reach and to reach as much women as possible um, to inspire them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like a one-time thing, one-time project, boom, done. Mm-hmm. Um, the the another approach of using an NFT when it comes to property uh, making use of it is is what are you doing with that particular item? Because yes, it's the it's the buzzword now and what have you, but again, what are you offering with it? Uh, so, for example, in, in a week or so, uh, we're launching an e-commerce platform for a client. Instead of actually creating a marketing strategy whereby, hey, we're live, uh, get 10% off on your first sales and what have you, mm-hmm. we actually uh, came up with the idea of creating an NFT. And whoever holds an NFT will have a lifetime 20 or 25% on the e-commerce forever. Wow. You know, so that becomes like your your pass. You know, your your not your pass. Your actually loyalty card, but yeah. a loyalty card that can never break or can never expire unless you actually put it in a contract that expires. Right. And the beauty behind this is that the business would make money from selling that actual uh, item. Two, you're involving the community that are into your business, mm-hmm. and three, the person actually bought that and actually already made use of the discount that they got from the e-commerce website is able to resell that NFT. So imagine how you're making a win-win across all different areas. Yeah. And, really and that's how the, and that's like one way of marketing the, of doing like an NFT marketing uh, strategy for an e-commerce website. Yeah. I mean, those two projects that you've mentioned is, is astounding. I mean, especially the second one, you know, I hate it when, when you sign up for new things, you know, any loyalty program card, and there's always this small, tiny letters underneath that goes like, well, yeah. Uh, we might change the policies in terms of conditions without prior information. 100%. And it always bugs me, you know, it's 25 and maybe tomorrow it's like five. Yeah. yeah. You just, you just nailed it. You know, this is exactly it because it's a contract that's done, locked yeah. and loaded, finished, you know, yeah, so it's money the finality of it, right? Like when you shook hands is what it is. hundred percent. It's all there transparently. You know, you cannot just like, Oh, wait, I changed my mind. Yeah. You know, it's all there. And that a nice to understanding of the impact and the power behind NFT, uh, it's, which is basically kind of the, the proof of ownership, the proof of the contract, the, yeah. the history. Yeah. I see, for example, all the history of number of times I traded that 
loyalty cards, for example, which is the actual NFT. Yeah. And it gets richer as the history grows, which okay. I, I feel like it's kind of a, a play in the situation because how forward is the idea of NFT? It still kind of goes back to the quote unquote history, which, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of like old and new combined together, which is, yeah, I, I, I like the concept. It's, uh, it just takes a while for regular average Joe and, and people like myself and, and business people to take time and really invest effort into 100%. understanding it, right? Because there's plenty of things, just like any other traditional like investments or um, product or tool, there's many schemes around it. Uh, 100%. I let alone the number of fraud that's exactly. happening. Same thing with social media, for example. Instagram came in, and then the whole aspect of being able to buy likes, buy followers, buy fake stuff. Yeah. And people just jumped in, you know, uh, yeah. because they were actually they were after the whole like recognition and the blue tick and the whatever. Um, but here and here, and that, that's where it becomes challenging. And again, why a lot of users, I, I think about only 10% maximum globally are into NFT. Why the rest of 90% are not is because. If tomorrow Francis wants to go into the NFT world, mm -hmm. you got to take a step back to actually first set up your wallet, mm -hmm. then fund your wallet, exactly. then understanding the different blockchains, then understanding the marketplace, then actually knowing which NFT to buy. Is it fraud? It's not fraud. Who's the people behind it? So all those is basically comes with the package of wanting to go into the NFT world. Thus, whereby I'm like, hey, wait a minute, you know, I'll step back mm. uh, for the average door that you're talking about. Because yeah. again, already they're into their day-to-day -day stuff. Uh -huh. um, but then you have, again, another big community with the whole FOMO, which is the fear of missing out approach yeah. where they're just jumping in because they know it's going to explode even more and more because it goes without saying it's, it's linked to real life stuff. You know, it's like, it's a contract, the biggest, because 90% of all the projects you see here are going to die. Mm. Um, not the ones linked to established businesses, but the ones that has to do with like collections, uh, cartoony stuff that just have like a very high level concept. They're gonna die. You know, they're not gonna be there for the long run. Um, but what's gonna actually always gonna stay and unique is the actual digital contract, the actual asset and the ownership of what NFT can bring on the table now. Yeah, for sure. And and just a, a little you know side note question. Um, I, I think I, I I'm not sure if it's a question or a, a note. That's why I said yeah. side note question. <laughs> But because um, I remember during my piano class when I was a child, you know, my teacher would always say, it's always easier to teach someone without preconceived notions. So it's we're referring obviously to playing the piano as to someone who had dabbled into it already. Because you were talking, MB, about um, someone who is um, wanting to dive into NFTs. They need to step, take a step back and do A, B, C, D, right? Yeah. And I think that if you already have some information about it that you've done your like little google searches and whatnot is it easier in that scenario than coming in fresh literally without information about crypto or nft or the digital space which one do you think would um would come in easier into the nft space yeah i'll talk about my personal experience i mean mm -hmm. again i've been in digital since 1997 Okay. And it was a brand new learning thing all over again, regardless of how much information I have, regardless of how much I've been there, done that in the digital world. But I had to actually step back and learn from scratch. It was a totally different uh, direction. 
yes, it's much easier for me because I'm able to relate and connect the dots and being able to actually now convert it into a service that I'm offering to our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but learning the NFT concept and setting up the wallet and then setting up the, and understanding the different blockchains, it was done from scratch. Uh, even Gary V, Gary V, I'm sure you know him. Mm-hmm. He had to take a step back and spend, I think he said about 50 hours wow. to learn and train himself. And imagine this guy has over X amount of investments left and right in one of the, the biggest platforms out there. Mm-hmm. It was brand new. So even for, so that you don't require past experience. Um, but what would make it easier for anybody that wants to onboard is actually find the right person to walk you through, uh, find the right uh, institute or entity to train you on, mm-hmm. because that will save you a lot of time. Um, and that's something that I'm personally planning to do is uh, maybe like in a week or so, mm-hmm. uh, launching uh, YouTube videos. You know, like ways, be careful ways to, to prevent getting scammed. Uh, how to set up your wallet, how to like the NFT 101s until you start getting the hang of it to, to go to the advanced um, areas. Because I've, I've learned it the hard way. So I've been scammed several times. Um, I, I've seen it all, been there, done that in such a very short period of time. So I want to pass that knowledge um, to whoever wants to get into the space. Because again, one small action and misuse you lose all your money and there's no governance there's no like middle person yeah. to save you because and that's where it's like again people pushing back into the nft world or the crypto world mm-hmm. is because it comes with great responsibilities uh, you can't blame anyone practically <laughs> no one. you, you blame can't yourself. blame your banking teller you can't blame your like online uh, the government or no, whatever <laughs> nothing so that, yeah. the, as much as it's beautiful that you can transfer peer-to-peer in second milliseconds uh money or nfts with no uh middleman taking like a cut from every single transaction mm-hmm. at the same time you're on your own yeah. and, and and that's how you start like learn um getting to know like different jargons out there for example the biggest jargon right now is your you know do your own research yeah um at my time 1997 when we used to ask questions it was rtfm read the f manual you know? <laughs> Yes. And, and, and now and no that, one does manual anymore. <laughs> yeah, finished. Done. Now it's like do your own research. And yeah. even how, the, even the most qualified or one of the, the biggest NFT influencers, mm-hmm. whenever they talk about a collection, they will tell you always do your own research because there's always a 0.0001% that the guy can do whatever you want. He wants with a contract that you've signed up with. I mean, yeah, that's the daunting part and the scary part. It is. It is. It is frightful. It's a frightful um, situation. Like it. It's not so much as okay. Yeah. It's it's the value, whatever it is that you're putting down. That's a. Um, but it's also the the scar it leaves you after that tran- first transaction. You're not going to jump in and suddenly trade millions, right? So you're mm-hmm. going to start off with like fifty. But then again, I mean, if that goes on its own already kaput then yeah. like what makes you know what makes you think that you're going to go in again and, and do one that is much more because you're 100%. already afraid and stepping back but that initiative that you've just spoken about um with all the things going on in your life mb is it's quite commendable and very generous that you're going to have some youtube channel in a week or two uh, time to share and impart all these experiences that you have because this is something that you know, genuine um, 
help is is necessary, especially yeah. when you're doing your own research, quote unquote. So listeners may have not know, uh, known this, but uh, WIC has had done quite a handful of campaigns and strategies for Garden of Life um, since its inception. And frankly, what I do value, truly value on how um, WIC works is how they see the bigger picture of, you know, circling back to what you've spoken of MB earlier is like the bird's view of things. And you always have, the firm has a way of, zooming out and seeing, you know, what is the end goal here? Like, what are we trying to achieve? And there's always these methodology and how things get tackled progressively. As he said, it's, it's not like you go in there, slam the door with guns blazing. You kind of do it in a pace that is digestible and uh, reasonable for both yeah. parties, you and the client, right? Um, what can you share uh, to our listeners about the marketing strategy you have for gold and how you see it to be marketable, if at all? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Again, uh, the, the, the gold project um, is a very particular one because it already involves the whole like um, innovation, a research center, a dome being built. Um, and it also includes like the NFT space and the crypto space, which yet alone already, it's a lot of information for a user to dig in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where for us from a marketing side is kind of really uh, emphasize a lot on the educational side. You know, it's like really what gold is all about. What are they doing? Uh, who are the people behind it? Um, because again, taking a step back into what I said earlier, a lot of people that actually go and invest left and right in FTs, they're still taking so many risks because most of them don't have a company established. Because yeah. tomorrow I can I can go tomorrow and create a contract called Francis contract, yeah. MB contract. You know, they don't ask you for your license, they don't ask you for for anything. Yeah. And, and this is where it comes with the advantages of established companies such as yourself, whereby uh, you come in with respectable people behind it, the vision is amazing. Um, and now the goal is how do we actually market that? How do we discuss that across different platforms, whether it's LinkedIn for the B2B, where it's on social, on Instagram, on, uh, on Twitter. Um, and through our learnings, we realize, okay, we still need to push more. We still need to actually create a community itself because unfortunately the social platforms out there, such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they don't allow you to really create your own community uh, for you to be able to actually organically, have them. organically. Yeah. you really got to push, 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 pay, pay, pay. And then you're like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Okay. TikTok right now, we, we have about like a year left maximum before they go home and follow the same strategy as Instagram where organic is going to uh, dip, you know? And this is kind of whereby we, we even changed the strategy of, uh, of, of gold. Uh, we kind of upgraded it, not changed because we cannot just drop the other traditional ones uh, that we're already doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how do we actually go into the NFT uh, world by really wanting to create a community? Because again, the, what, what's unique for me when it comes to uh, gold is basically the concept behind it is that it, it encourages participation and support for from a grow a growing like-minded and forward-thinking community. And that's your core concept already. Yes. You know, but we're not creating a community. And this is kind of how we're tweaking the strategy right now by, okay, you know what? Let's actually be part of 
of wanting to actually create that community itself. And that's where we're ending up now um, creating a new NFT uh, pass, mm -hmm. a gold NFT pass, which will allow the user to actually be part of that community, be part of growing the project, um, which comes with a lot of nice uh, advantages, such as entering the metaverse, uh, uh, having giveaways, uh, having uh, partnerships, collaborations, you know, so it's like, whatever gold is doing on the ground, they're going to pass that information to the community that actually believes in them and wants to be part of it. Um, and that's where we end up now going to the whole Twitter and Discord, uh, which is Discord is like the, the go-to chatting application uh, to discuss and, be, and create a community when it comes to the NFT world. It's mostly used by the gamers uh, mm -hmm. in the gaming space, but it ended up being the go-to when it comes to the NFT uh, space. And that's how now we're actually entering the place, okay, how can I really create a community and actually seeing them, seeing them chat, seeing them discuss, understanding them. Uh, the owners of the project are going to be on Discord. The moderators are going to be on Discord. We're going to be on Discord. So we really actually want to learn and, 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 and be part of what they have in mind because that we know that the community will even inspire gold to make some changes if needed, you know? So it's yeah. actually, and, and that's where we actually are right now with the, the uh, marketing strategy for Gold. That's fantastic. And, and I myself, I couldn't explain how excited I am with Gold Pass. Um, it's it's a, a new baby and it's going to be kick-ass. Uh, pardon my French. But yeah. um, <laughs> in closing, um, MB, we've already taken enough of your time. We overshot because this, this conversation cannot be concise in 20 minutes, that's for sure. But in closing, <laughs> what is or what could be an elevator pitch for gold in your, um, in your take? And if and when our listeners would like to reach out more to you, to the WIC yeah. firm, to you directly, um, yeah. where can you direct them to so that they can you know, pick your brains more? Yeah. So um, let us know, uh, please. Perfect. So, so from the elevator pitch, um, I can really have it in just like really one sentence. And, and what I love about it is that for me, Gold is an innovation, education, and research center that's here to really make an impact to the community. And by community, I'm talking about young entrepreneurs, innovative companies, and in addition to empowering women, because Gold itself is a woman-led uh, entity. So that, that's my summary of what gold is, is pretty much all about, which is, it, it's just, it's, it's nice. It's a beautiful concept. It's not even a concept. It's a beautiful concept that's actually a reality. Um, and it's the base, best place to actually be if you really want to have to make an impact uh, for the community. And we're talking about not Dubai, but worldwide, because we're just planting the seed in Dubai. Uh, and there are future plans when it comes to gold itself. Um, where can people reach me? Pretty much, I'm all over the place. <laughs> so uh, every single you, platform uh, out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But right now, the, I've been really active, mostly on Twitter. So I had an account back since 2009. I accidentally lost it. Then oh. 2010, I had to do one. So since then, uh, so right now with the whole NFT growth and impact, we're back. I'm back on it. So I can be reached on Twitter. I can be reached on um, our website. Uh, thewickfirm.com, which has all the information, uh, my Instagram, we're using my name. And um, and yeah, I'm just really literally like a phone call away uh, or WhatsApp message away. Anything I can do to really kind of guide people, I would be more than happy. 
Thank you so much, MB, again, uh, for imbibing and, and joining us into this podcast session for Garden of Life. And we'll hear and see you around the space. Perfect. Thank you for having me, Francis. It was a pleasure and, yeah, looking forward. That was Mohamed Bitar from the WIC firm. Thank you very much, MB. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with the WIC firm, again, read through the comments and contacts. Uh, we will be sharing those to you. To those who are closing in on the day, a very good evening and good night. And to those who are starting the day, a good morning to you. We'll see you again. The future is gold. Thank you.